everybody and welcome back to Goodversations, a collection of honest conversations with inspirational voices in the theatre industry. My name is Alexandra and I'm so thrilled to be joined today by Maya Kwanza breed Maya made her professional debut in London's smash hit musical 6, portraying the role of Catherine Parr. This was a star-making turn which earned her an Olivier Award nomination for Best Supporting Actress in 2019. Since then, she's been part of lots of incredible projects, including Rent at the Hope Mill Theatre, which you will hear us talk about in this episode, alongside lots of other things. Be sure to give Maya some love on Instagram at MayaQB and follow Goodversations for more episodes of this show. Here's my conversation with the wonderful Maya Kwanza Preed. To give our listeners, I feel like a bit of a backstory. So we first connected in March. So right before the pandemic and you were rehearsing cases at the time. Oh, that is, that doesn't even feel that long ago though. Wow. Obviously, you know, lots of things have happened since then. So I feel like now, you know, roughly like 10 months later, how's this time been for you? 10 months later. Wow. That just hit me like a brick. I didn't even, it's because I keep associating this year with only starting in like March because February doesn't even seem like it belongs to this year if that makes sense like that was 2020 I don't know what this is but we took an interlude a very long one in that this year has been yeah one of them but I don't think I'm the only one who's had that and I like to speak to people who've managed to find joy out of all of this because I haven't particularly had a nice time um but I was speaking to like a friend the other day and her mum was like, do you know what? We just embraced the fact that we couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't really do anything and just had ro- rolled with it and had fun. And I was like, I so wish I did that. <laughs> yeah. And I definitely feel that way too. And to be honest, I've only picked up this podcast like a month ago. Basically I had done it for a year and then I was kind of hitting a stride, if you will. And then the pandemic happened and it just, to me, felt wrong to, you know, try and do interviews about projects that, you know, might not be happening anymore or were being cancelled left and right. And also with actors, I felt like I didn't want to take any time away from their day that they could be using to teach masterclasses or to, you know, earn some money. You know, I just didn't want to like take anything away from that. But I feel like now the industry is slowly some waves yeah definitely with all the online stuff as well you know it's been incredible yeah we're we're coming back we're coming back we're we're extremely extremely resilient is the word yeah we we will be back of course we will it's theater exactly and people will need that joy you know I'm missing it like crazy right now yeah me too there's something euphoric about being on the stage and being in the theater and and I was having this conversation with a friend the other day and he said obviously like streaming's become a big thing of of theatre but I said I think if anything that's made theatre more accessible but it hasn't taken away the magic of theatre I don't think just because now you can film a show and stream it people will still want to go to theatre because there is something it's like a drug endorphins so we'll be back and it will be a beautiful experience Exactly. But first, I would like to put 60 seconds on the clock and you give me your life story with as much detail as you possibly can. Are you up for that? In 60 seconds. Oh, wow. You can do it. Ready? And go. 
Okay, so my name is Maya Quantzabreed. I am an Afro-Caribbean British lady. I was born in Eccles um, on the 6th of July, 1997. Um, I started singing at the age of four and my mum didn't believe that I could sing and my grandma was like, she can sing, this girl can sing. Um, and yeah, I ended up getting singing lessons about age nine. Um, but before then, I never really knew what I wanted to do. Um, I just knew I wanted to be a singer. Well, not even be a singer. I just, I just liked to sing, like to perform. And I had this singing teacher who was like, she's amazing. Mom was like, what? Um, and then I did some singing stuff and performances with her for a bit. And it wasn't until I was 12 that I actually really wanted to go to theatre because I saw Oliver with Carrie Ellis in it, which is a story I tell all the time, like a broken record. Um, and then I went to college. And I did uh, musical theatre for two years um, at Pendleton College in Salford. And then I went to GSA in Guildford. And then I graduated into the show Six um, and did that for a year and a half. Oh! And that is one minute. Well done. First of all, that was amazing. Um, so actually, you were kind of talking about starting out at the age of four, starting to sing and stuff like that. So was it inevitable that you would go into acting? No, I wouldn't say so, only because, I don't know actually, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do and people around me were like, why don't you go on X Factor, why don't you do Britain's Got Talent, why don't you go on The Voice and it just wasn't something that I wanted to do, I knew there was something else but I just didn't quite know what and even when I had been performing and, and things like that, I, it didn't really twig, I didn't fully comprehend maybe that's what I exactly wanted to do. Um, and then, like I said, it wasn't until I was 12 that I went to see my first West End show and something just switched. And I was like, that's what I do. Like, that's how I like the way watching that show and the way they made me feel. I was like, that is how I want to make other people feel like I hope somewhere along in my career that I've inspired someone the way I felt inspired that day, because it really is a poignant thing in my life. It really is a memory. It really is something that I remember and I tell frequently because this is how this started for me. I didn't necessarily take all the typical steps to get into musical theatre. I didn't start dancing at, at the age of two. I didn't have singing lessons the second I could speak. I didn't I didn't do discipline dance till 16. Um, so it just meant that I had to work a lot harder at everything. But it's given me a really good work ethic I must say in the fact that like I'm not willing to take not like no for an answer but I'm not willing to let myself lag behind because I started late um and I think that is a message to people who say like oh well how do I start how do I get into it how do I it, I'm, I'm too old to do it you're never too old to do anything and like I said I started ballet tap and jazz at 16 years old when people who I went to college with some people have been doing it since they were born that was all they've done they've danced they've sang they've acted they've they've done stagecoach they've done all these and I never did any of that um so the message to people is if you're going to do it just do it just find find a singing teacher go to dance classes you're never too old to do whether you start at 16 whether you start at 26 do you know what I mean if it's something you're interested in and something you're passionate about do it why not Exactly. Oh, I, I love that you just said that, but I wholeheartedly agree. It just, you have to follow what brings you joy, basically. Yeah, and, it, and it's funny how you, you think that's the path you have to take. I remember when I was auditioning that I felt there was so much weight in going to drama school. If, if I don't succeed and I don't go to drama school, then I'm going to fail. 
And then it was only when I was at drama school and when I finished that I realized that going is not the be all and end all. Yes, it's incredible to be in training and meet all these people and have a a really good stepping stone into the industry. But it's not the only way to get training, to get into the industry, to meet people. It's not the only way to do that. And it wasn't apparent to me until I actually attended school to realize, oh, wow. There is so many different avenues to get into this career because drama school isn't for everyone. Yeah. Being in education isn't for everyone. So like it, like any education form, there is so many different avenues, so many different paths to do so, like you've done with your career. High five. On that. High five. Yes. Um, but okay, but we all know and love you from Six, the musical, which was actually your professional debut, right? How did you get involved? This was back when I was uh, in, I was at GSA in my third year. And in in your third year, you're allowed to go and start auditioning because it's the year that you get agents and you do your showcase. And and that is your like stepping stone year into the industry. Um, So we started doing auditions. And at the time, I didn't have an agent and like auditions would come through to our head of year. And I got Motown as an audition and and I just like just got an agent. And then I got and then I got the six audition. So I was auditioning for Motown and auditioning for Six at the same time. And I think I had a couple more auditions in there, so I can't remember what they were now. Um, but Motown, believe it or not, was the one that I really wanted because I didn't know any, really know anything about Six. And I thought, oh, to be in Motown. And and I really, really wanted it. And then I started auditioning for Six. And it was the nicest audition panel. Like, And you went and you came out actually feeling amazing. You don't, like, I don't often feel like I come out of an audition because you usually think oh god I did that wrong and oh that wasn't good where I came out and I was like no do you know what I think that went really well um and then I didn't hear from them for about two three weeks and I was like oh that's it like I just have to let it go and then I heard from them again they were like oh can you learn this material I I, I had the audition for who's it now Berlin Cleves and Parr and I had like a day to like do all the materials so when did it learn it to the best of my ability and they weren't it's not a memory test that's another thing I learned for early on on an and an audition isn't a memory test they just want to see what you can do with what you've got yes being prepared there's a difference um always be prepared but don't worry if you slip up that's that's the message of an audition um so well, this is a real long story, really long way about to tell, but it's such a good story. Um, so I did these rounds um, of six. I had like quite a couple of rounds and I went in and I do my material and we did it in front of everyone. Like I had a whole day of of like workshop in the musical and and then um, I came back again, did more material and I came back again and I did a dance call. Um, and then the final, final round is, uh, it was, they asked me to go back just to sing some of the material. And I went in, did my material and I walked out and Katie Wilmore, who was like um, the runner and a part of the team, ran after me down the corridor and was like, wait, wait. And I was like, whoa, whoa. I was like, what? What's happening? She was like, wait, wait, wait. They, they want to see you again in a minute. Can you just wait a second? She was like, no. and I was like, oh, is, is it bad? And she was like, no, 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 it's really good news. And I was like, what? So I walked in and literally it was, woo, yeah, running up to me, giving me hugs. And I was just there like this, like, what is happening? Like, what, what, like what, what's going on right now? And they were like, you've got the job. And I was like, what? I was like, wait, what? They're like, yeah, we want, we're casting you in the musical. We're just not too sure who to cast you yet, but you're cast. And I was like, ah! That is incredible. So I got offered the job there and then. And they were telling me about the tour and what they want to do with it and all that. 
But at the same time, like I said, I was in for Motown. So this is like the flip side of having all this joy of like, yes, I, I've, I've got this job. I really did want Motown, even though I, I, I'd just been offered a job there and then. And I remember this was like the Tuesday, I think I got my, uh, you've got the job. And then on the Friday, I got my like rejection. And I feel like that was my first big rejection. And even though there and then Lucy told me the whole cast said to me, that like the whole creative team said to me, like, you've got the job. The rejection of the no from Motown still really hurt. Oh. And it taught me a valuable lesson in the fact that the no's still hurt regardless of how many yeses or how many yeses you don't get. The rejection still does hurt. So take that time, process that, and move on. Because if you don't, it's not so much let yourself grieve, but let yourself have a moment about it, then you just let it build up. But that is like with anything. And I got that call of no, cried a chocolate pick myself up was fine I was like me you've got a job you're so fortunate to be in a position that you are you've got a job and I started the job what a month later so I got it about a month before we started and boy I did not know I did not know the ride I was about to join Oh, definitely. How long were you with the show? June 2018 and I finished in October 2019. So I did it for what, like three months? I actually, I interviewed Grace Mowat, which you know from GSA. Hey! Yeah, so I interviewed her. She was actually one of my first guests. Yeah, and I went backstage at uh, the Arts Theatre and I was, that was my first time backstage ever. No way! I've only met you five. But yeah, so, and it was, the energy was palpable and all of you guys were just having fun and like singing and dancing around the backstage and I was like, wow, this show, not even the show, but like you guys' chemistry and like everything that was happening was like, whoa, to me um so I I knew six was going to be huge and it was at the time already but you know it got even bigger and bigger but I suppose what were some of the kind of harder or more challenging things about your schedule because with six I feel like it wasn't just about the shows it was a lot of publicity it was a lot of fans different elements so talk to me about that I'm not going to lie to you. I'll be extremely transparent. It was extremely difficult. It really took its toll on me mentally and emotionally, physically, you name it. Because no one... The difference with Six was it wasn't an established show when we started. So we had to establish it in some form. So it meant that there was doing the show, but then there was rehearsing in the day. There was publications. There was photo shoots. There was radio. thing. It was one thing after another. And the publicity was amazing, but no one prepares you for the side where you're working all day. No one prepares you for your schedule to completely change because there's something really difficult about being used to an eight till six and now having to get used to a six till 11 or later it means your entire day gets picked up and shifted it messes with your eating patterns it messes with your sleeping pattern importantly but I think your eating pattern as well because say you get in from a show and we were quite fortunate that show was 75 minutes long however it was like being on a roller coaster and not getting off until the show is finished it was tough and you get home and then you're hungry so you eat your tea yeah. like you would, but it's 11, 12 o'clock. But then you don't go to bed till two, three o'clock because you're awake. Your adrenaline is pumping through your veins. So you can't get to sleep. But then you wake up the next day and it's 11, 12 o'clock. And yeah. to everybody else, that, that's so late. But to me, 11, 12 o'clock is 8 a.m. in the morning because 
my day completely shifts. I do my eight hour shift for starting at six o'clock and you do your starting at eight. So no one prepares you for that. And that's the one thing I would say is just be prepared for everything to change. And once you get into the swing of it and get your own schedule, it doesn't become as difficult because the thing is, people do ask me on advice and like, how, how did you, how did you deal with it? And, and how did you, the answer is I, I learned over a course of time. I didn't overnight just go, this is how I'm going to work this. It took me like a good nine months to be like, right, okay, this is how my body works. This is how much I need to drink. These are the foods I need to eat. It's very much a, like a life lesson as well. Like now I know that I know exactly what care, what self-care my body needs in order to put it through what I put it through. So I do think it is a very personal thing on how you deal with everything that's about to change the schedule is the hardest thing but we had so much fun doing it because we had each other and that was the best thing and and the bond that you see between us girls it is incredibly real like there is not a single fake thing about it like what you see is six friends plus grace when she'd be on seven friends having the time of their lives and that was that's the truth of it as as hard as things got we always had each other. Exactly. And you guys are incredible. I'm in awe of all of you. You are so talented and great. But actually, on the flip side, you know, you had the Olivier's. And, you know, suddenly you were an Olivier nominee, which, hello. What is that? <laughs> I know. So how did you find out? Like, what was that moment like for you? But I'm going to describe me as a person so you understand why I had this reaction. So when, like, things with weight come at me, for example, the Olivier's, I don't compute it at the time so in the back of my not even in the back of my budget oh it's not a big thing it's not a big deal not a big deal so when I saw it in the group chat I went huh what okay yeah like oh and it was such like an anticlimactic like reaction but then maybe 20 minutes later I had a full-on break down ugly cry because I was like this is a really big in the middle of a train station it like my reaction was delayed by a good like half an hour I think it was the shock I was a bit like surely not and then it wasn't until I got to work we were all like as if this has just happened honestly it was I cried like I just got run over (laughs) what a great moment in your career and so early on as well really early on like I graduated in the June before and in the April I was nominated well in the March I was nominated for an Olivier no words. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I got to tell you, I have so many questions about the Olivier's, but um, talk me through that day, what you remember of it, because it must have been like a dream come true. The, I'm not going to lie to you. The day was not a dream come true because <laughs> I, we're all so tired. The bit that was the dream come true was when we were stood on the stage and we were singing. That was the part. That was the bit I was the most nervous for, but that was the part that I went, Wow like wow because up until the Olivier's it was we, we were rehearsing for the show we would it was non-stop that week and even when we'd done two shows on the Sunday we ran over to the um Royal Albert, Royal Albert Hall went and did our tech we were there till 11 I had to be back there at 8 a.m the next morning then we did a show we did a, a, a six show at 12, which finished at quarter past one. We had to be on the red carpet for two o'clock. So I'm not going to lie. It was extremely stressful. Mm-hmm. I didn't fully immerse myself in the whole award ceremony until I was stood on that stage and I felt centered. And it was the first time the ocean that I felt like I was in calmed. 
Really? It was the minute and my brain and everything just went. And there was like a, a moment of like calm. And that, in that moment when I turned around and we were like, sucks, I was like, this was the bit that made it for me. And the after party was lit, if I must say so. <laughs> so was it your first time actually attending the Olivier's or had you been before? No, it was my first time ever. And I, and I had my mom and my boyfriend there with me. And of course, you're the ladies of six, you know, as I just said, you know, you guys are amazing. And what I really like about your cast is that you have all, you're a true sisterhood and you've kept in touch and kept working yeah. throughout the years. What do you think are the unique components to the really great collaboration? That's such a good question because we didn't, like, how are we to know that we would create such a strong bond? Because ultimately, obviously, when the casting team casted us all, like, none of us really knew each other. Like, obviously, me and Grace knew each other and Nat and Amy knew each other, but we didn't know each other. So they got it spot on really and got a group of people really like-minded people that all really get on but I think because we all went through so much together in the early process that it was hard not to be the way we are now because the trials and tribulations us as a group have been through it would be crazy if we weren't where we are do you know what I mean yeah we've had each other's backs we have cried we have laughed we have argued you name it like but that is the beauty of the friendship and the sisters that I gained that they are so much more than just friends they are like my family now a very integral part of my family as well and I'm so lucky to have that like every single one of them have brought something to my life and added something to me because I feel like when I met them all I was so young I was fresh out of drama school I, I didn't know really anything about the industry and they've all individually taught me so much so I'm so incredibly grateful for their friendship but also for their knowledge and their wisdom and their kindness love generosity hugs food nights over at their houses you name it like we've had it we've, been, we've done it all we've had it all those are the things you're going to remember at the end of the day, you know, that that connection that you have with people. It's not necessarily, I don't think, about the glitz and glam. It's about the people you meet along the way, I find. I can tell you, like, it's not all glitz and glam, as as people know with showbiz, but the people I've met are, they're what make it for me. Exactly. So, but actually talking about great collaborations and projects, you know, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about Rent, which oh, is yeah. the musical. Um, so how did this one come about? For years, I have wanted to play Mimi again because I played Mimi at college when I was 16. Um, and I fell in love with the show. Like I loved Rent anyway, but I fell in love with the show big time and fell in love with Mimi as a character even more. And I just knew after I did it the first time, I was like, I'm not quite finished. I'm not quite done. I want to do it again. Like sometimes like Rent would crop up, but like, I remember there was like a, a production somewhere and and I wasn't free to do it and I really, really wanted to do it. But like I was auditioning for six and I had it. And, and my agent at the time was like, I think the other things that are coming up with better opportunities and things like that. So I kind of was like, oh, pride her. But then my agent who I was with before messaged me and was like, oh, Luke Shepard has asked for your number. Do you mind if I pass it on? And I was like, yeah, go for it. And then I got another email being like, oh, they want you to audition for Rent. And I was like, what? I was like, what? So, yeah, and it was the rest is history, really. And then got it in February. And obviously we were supposed to be opening in June, but because of the pandemic, it got pushed to October. And then obviously we managed. The thing was about Rent, like they 
smashed it with the casting in terms of yet again I have met another group of people that have become my family just a beautiful show to put on such a poignant show to put on for this year as well a show set in a pandemic performed in a pandemic exactly rehearsed a pandemic and the show is about a pandemic yeah exactly like, it was perfect and I know obviously we tragically had to close because of the the nation went into lockdown again but the sweet thing about it was the fact that it wasn't because of us none of us not a single person in the cast not a single person that created everyone that put this show together the backbones of this show none of us got coronavirus and that's a group of maybe between 30 40 50 people that is a achievement in itself because obviously the larger the pool the more the, the more the chance and we managed to rehearse the show preview the show open and close in the same night also film the show which we filmed in previews to able to stream it because we were supposed to have four weeks to film the show we had three shows that was it it was very like they were like right all guns are blazing let's do this and after we'd had our cry and after we'd had our uh, gutted that we couldn't continue we all pulled up our big girl knickers and we were like right we've got a show to do and like I said watching the stream and it was just such a surreal feeling that I was like that we did that it was one of the the things this year that has kept this year afloat for me now that I've done that production and worked with the people that I have at my at my heart's content now my rent journey is is finished my rent journey finished and started and ended with them like that that's me done with rent now I could never imagine doing it again with not having those people I really hope that show selfishly because I've been actually in Latvia for a couple of months now I've, I've not been able to see it um oh, because it's no. only it's geo-blocked to UK I know at first we thought it was like um global but then we found out it wasn't because there's so many complicated things with the rights because obviously this has never happened before they've never had a show that's been streamed from there but also it was a lot it, like we were even surprised that the rights allowed it to be filmed and streamed um so like we're not even allowed a copy for example because once it's out there it has to go back into the ether right. it has to it has to be no copies out there. It has to be, do you know what I mean? So the rights like, were really, really, really lovely to let us be able to do that. And it's so special that we were able to do it because I think we're the first production that's been able to do that. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I do hope I get to see... I know you said you're done with your rent journey for now, at least, but I do hope I get to see it in some shape. Well, I mean, if that production comes back, which I am sending out to the, my ancestors, I will be doing it again. Like, as in, like, when it comes back, I'll be doing that production. But after right. then, that was... This is my production. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, whenever that one comes back, does a West End transfer and a night at the Palladium, I'll be there. <laughs> I've spoken to insistence. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Said it now. Fingers crossed. But, you know, having been in the industry for quite some time now, actually, is there something that you've realized either personally or professionally that has kind of fundamentally changed or influenced your thoughts on the industry? When I was training at GSA, you associate yourself like separate to like all the other schools and all the other people but what you need to realize is when you get out there it's a pool of everyone and the, but then in that sense the the industry is very small and everybody knows everybody but that's very general because not everybody knows everybody but like do you know what I mean like everybody's heard of someone if you don't know them personally you know somebody who knows them yeah. you have to near enough everyone so that's the thing if it when you go into it, it feels like it's such a big pond and you're a tiny, tiny little fish. And realistically, you're not. 
we're all kind of in the same small pond and we're all just little fish all just swimming about trying to make our break so I wouldn't say that the industry is daunting as people think it is yes it can be a hard to like not to crack and I was very fortunate and I will acknowledge that I was very fortunate in starting my career the way I did and I'm very fortunate to have the career that I do now but once you've cracked that nut the door is open the the world is your oyster and and what I have also learned that if the opportunities aren't arising for you there and then make your own opportunity opportunities create your own jobs do your own show do it yourself <laughs> exactly and I feel like if anything 2020 has been a year of doing it yourself making stuff happen I think that's the one good thing maybe that's come out of this year is the fact that like it all in some way had to be proactive in the sense that like we have to fight for like it's, it's, it's kind of like in in the industry you always feel like you're fighting to achieve for what you want and this year it was wow maybe I'll take a step back from that and put it into something else but people have, have learned and, and gained so many different skills this year I am not one of those people I sat on my bum and ate white chocolate fingers for six months but um, like people have really achieved things this year and it's something to be proud of and I feel like people should shout about the what they've achieved this year and if you haven't if you don't want to do that, then that's absolutely fine. Don't feel pressured into thinking that you have to have had this really accomplished year. Not at all. But if, but it makes me feel happy when I see other people achieving so much in a year that we've had so much tumultuous energy and not been able to really do anything. Love to celebrate other people's success. It's so nice to see when you see people succeeding who you know are grafting with a capital ting. Definitely. And as you said, you know, it is such a crazy and unpredictable year, but the optimist in me kind of thinks that, you know, some of the greatest things happen from the toughest times, you know, like from challenges and stuff, that's where you grow. But, you know, during this sort of particular time in our lives, you know, how do you practice resilience and how do you stay centered? Not going to lie. I've watched a lot of tv and listened to a lot of music that's how I've kind of got through this year but I like to spend I've been it's been really lovely to spend time with my family and that's kept me just about sane because it's the first time in a very long time that I've stayed in one place and had to maybe like deal with some of the issues I've had then just been putting it to the the back so I've really learned a lot about myself again. We're always learning, learned a lot about myself again over lockdown, a lot about my family, how we work, what our dynamic is under this kind of pressure and to show that you can come out stronger on the other side. And there is only room for more happiness because there's no point dwelling in, in the sadness of this year because otherwise we'll just run ourselves into the ground. And I find that spending time with my family has been my centre, has been my my saving grace I feel the same way I because I moved to the UK around well six years ago now um and oh I haven't yeah so I spent all of my quote-unquote adult life <laughs> you know living in London you know I I didn't really spend any time here in Latvia but now having been back for like what six months now you know I get to I mean it sounds silly but I get to like experience what living here would be like and you know it's not something yeah. I would be able to do otherwise so it is it is like if anything you, you've had a year where you're doing things that you didn't think you'd get the chance to do yeah. like spending time at home learning a new hobby like because people always say oh, I don't have the time well this year we've been granted time 
Yeah, exactly. So what you do with that time is completely and utterly up to you, whether you make it productive, whether you don't. It's your time. Exactly. And we were kind of talking about this earlier, but, you know, for theatre fans, what do you think would be a great way to support their favourite artists now? If there is a stream, if there is a small theatre that's doing something, if there is a pantomime, if they're doing an online show, if there's anything, anything to do with theatre, and if you have a little bit of pocket change, throw it at them because it re- you don't realise the impact that an audience member has on a sh- on people and on a show and on a team and on a theatre. If there is a local theatre to you and you know they're doing a stream, buy a ticket. Regardless whether you watch it or not, support them. And when they open, be the first one on the doorstep buying a ticket because that will really help. Exactly. And I think also advocate, you know, when theatres do open up, you know, safely... Yeah advocate for it you know like I'll be back there and hopefully knock on wood I'll be fine but then I'll be able to say actually it wasn't that bad you know you you can go back and it's it's okay so I think even spreading the word if you if you can ensuring that other people know how safe it is and I think that does ensure people and makes people feel comfortable and entering back into this world that feels now very foreign I think theatres, like the theatre I have been to, I felt extremely safe. All procedures have been put in place. There's hand sanitizer everywhere. There's one in, one out. Like everything is down to a T because of course they don't want to have to do these things. Of course we would love to all go back to the theatre and it be all roses and it'd be exactly the same way it was before. But in order to open, they have had to put in these strict rules to open and make people feel safe and welcome back into the community of theatre. And I think theatres have done a really, really good job of that. Really good job of that. What would the current mayor say to the six mayor? Always put yourself first. Always look after yourself. Make sure you drink enough water. Make sure you try and get enough sleep. And when you want to let it all out, let it all out. <laughs> that is what I'd probably say to myself. Don't bottle anything up regardless whether it be joy whether it be sadness whether it be whatever emotion I'm feeling feel it with my full being that is what I'd say to to six mayor incredible and lastly what are you grateful for today I'm extremely extremely grateful for my boyfriend my family who have really pulled me from the depths this year And I'm really, really, really grateful for my six girls. I'm really grateful for my rent cast. I'm really grateful for my group of girls I have here at home. I'm just really grateful for the people around me who have got me to where I am today. That's what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for this conversation. This was so great. Oh, thanks for having me on. Lots of love. Thank you guys so much for listening this week. If you enjoyed this conversation, it would be amazing if you could take just five seconds of your time to screenshot this episode and post it to your Insta stories, because this way more people will know about this conversation and get to hear Maya's thoughts on the industry. Have a great rest of your week, everybody. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll talk to you again next Tuesday.